Well, praise the Lord. Jesus is coming back. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great day when he returns. Last time we looked at Revelation 19, 11 through 16, what is he going to look like when he returns? He's got on a white horse. He's got a represents victory. He's coming back with as faith and truth. He's coming back uh, with eyes flame of fire. Hallelujah. In other words, he knows everything. And he's coming back with a name written. Oh, well, a new name. And we're going to get that new name. And a robe dipped in blood. Whew. Oh, hallelujah. And he got angels are coming. The ones who helped him participate in him in all kinds of victory. And the, the sword out of his mouth, which is the word of God. And so he's coming back, and we're looking forward to that. Well, the question we're looking at this week and next week is, why is he coming back? I thought he got everything accomplished. Didn't he uh, bring us salvation and uh, went to the cross and took our sins and took our sicknesses and, and gave us his righteousness? I mean, what else is there? Why is he coming back? That's what we want to look at. Starting, first of all, in the Old Testament this week, and then we'll look at in the New Testament next week. So, let's get busy here. And I guess when you start off with the Old Testament, you kind of go to Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> uh, you got to start in the beginning. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That's John 1, 1. But in the beginning, God created he began to create everything on this earth, and then he created man and woman. Now, what did he do that for? Well, you see, God wanted an opportunity to be one with mankind here on this earth. And he gave them a great responsibility. You remember the scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image. In other words, we are like God. They, they, Adam was exact, Adam and Eve were exactly like God according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. And then also in verse 28, he said, now listen, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and do it, have dominion. So he created man to have fellowship with him, to have oneness with him, so that mankind could then take care of his creation. That was his plan from the very beginning. Well, something happened that, well, kind of messed that up. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we have the, uh, well, let's go ahead and tell him uh, the, the devil showed up. Yeah, he showed up and tempted Adam and Eve to eat from a tree of good and evil, which God never intended man for that, no. And they partook of that and sin entered into the picture for the first time and messed things up. Well, that kind of, you know, God does not give up. God still wanted to have 
a relationship with mankind. But by the time Adam and Eve sinned and up to the time of Noah, things got worse. I mean, it got all bad. And God said, listen, uh, I got to start over again. And I found me a righteous man. His name is Noah. So Noah and his family, all eight of them, got got on an ark, built, uh, took them uh, over a hundred years to build, and they got on it and said, "God, we're going, we're going, they're going to start again." So he flooded everything. Said, "Let's wash it up. Let's get everything clean. Let's go again." Well, that seemed to be good, but. In Genesis chapter 11, mankind said, you know what? We are smart people. We're going to build a tower to get to God. You see, they didn't realize that they could already have a relationship with God. But no, they decided we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to build a tower and get to God. Well, that took place and God said, oh, wait a minute now. So he <laughs> they were all of one language, and then many languages came because, you see, God does not want mankind to gather together and say, we can do it. So, well, then in Genesis chapter 12, God said, well, now listen, I'm going to have a covenant with this man, Abram, and I'm going to bring my blessings upon him and his family and upon his family after that and upon the nation and, and and everything that's going to be coming out of him. So he he wants to set up his his nation upon the face of the earth. Oh, we're getting to, you know, we, we, we talked about he wanted to have a, a mankind, have a relationship with him. Uh, he, he wanted to, to have now a, a nation of people set out for him. Now, that was okay. But eventually, they got thrown off into slavery. And God says, okay, I, I got to do something here to deliver my people. So he sent Moses in Exodus. We see that God was wanted to deliver his people to serve him. And in the midst of all that deliverance, you would think that would be the greatest thing that the people would want. In the midst of all of it, they said, hey, where's our food? Hey, where's our water? Uh, how come he brought us out here in the desert to die? We had it better off back there in this slavery. Why? If you've seen God set you free, why are you determined to complain? That's what was taking place. So God said, okay, well, I guess I'll have to, uh, let's see, I, I gave them Ten Commandments, but it looks like to me they need a lot of law to follow. So in Leviticus, we have the law all set out as to all the, uh, for every day, I mean, 
if you're like I am, I don't want to read the book of Leviticus. It's just every little detail in everybody's life. This is the way you got to. This is the way you got to be. This is the way it's got to be set up in your family and your business and and every every relationship. And and if things happen, this is what you got to do. If something goes wrong, this is what you got to do. I get tired of just saying all that. Well, that God still wanted them to be able to get to the promised land. So in Numbers, in 13 and 14, he wanted them to be able to, he sent 12 spies over there and to view and to look at all that stuff. Everything is fruitful. It's exactly what God said it is. But then again, there's, there, there's, there's these giants over there uh, that uh, ten of them came back and said, "Whoa, we can't do this." But two of them said, "Yes, we can," because we got God. God's bigger than all those giants. You see, people are beginning to choose: Are they going to follow what they see, or are they going to follow what they know about God? Jesus is coming back. We got a decision to make. Well, they had to make the decision, and they didn't. Uh, well, they they spent forty years in the wilderness until the generation died out to where then they could go in. Well, whew, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter thirty. Deuteronomy chapter thirty, and verses fifteen and sixteen. I don't know about you, but I would not want to be God <laughs> trying to deal with people all the time. It's, it's a mess. All right. Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 and 16. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, and his statutes and judgments that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. So here God said, listen, all you got to do is, is what you got to do. You got to follow me. Follow my ways. And when you walk in my ways, you're going to be blessed. When you walk in my ways, you're going to have everything you need. When you walk in my ways, it doesn't make any difference. What's going on in the world, you've got everything you need because I'm your God. Well, that uh, that, that, that sounds good. <laughs> well, then you got to deal with all these enemies and everything. And Joshua comes along and begins to move all the enemies out. And uh, he's uh, helping the people. Uh, to believe in God and to helping them to see that they can overcome as long as they're walking and doing it God's way. So why is Jesus coming back? <laughs> well, let's continue on. Well, now, what, uh, God, God said, listen, I've got a man named Samuel. And I'm going to send him as a prophet to the people, and he's going to lead the people and tell them what to do. And that sounds good. He's going to be God's spokesperson. 
telling them how to live God's way. Well, just like the people, they said, listen, we see all these other nations over here. They got kings. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. That's not what God wanted. But God said, okay, if that's what you want, then I'm going to give you a king. Uh, his name, Saul. Saul started out pretty good. But then he got all messed up in, into himself, and they all got up into him, and he thought he was the greatest. Well, then God said, well, look, i got to point out another king, and he found David, just a little old boy. But he was anointed to be king to lead God's people. He was God's chosen king for the people. And then Solomon came along. Who? You see, God's having to deal with all of this stuff. God said, listen, I want to have a relationship with the people. I want to have a relationship with mankind so bad that I am willing to do anything to get them back. I want to have them to come to know me and to come and to know that they can trust me and they can walk in me. Well, David became king, but then David had problems. The people had problems. And when we read throughout the book of Psalms, uh, you want to read the book of Psalms today? No, we ain't got all that time. <laughs> but every time you turn around in the book of Psalms, David is crying out to God for himself and for his people. I mean, listen, Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we will be saved. See, over and over again, David is saying, listen. And then God comes up and says, I I am the Lord your God who brought you up by the land of Egypt. I'm the one. He's reminding people over and over again. Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name on most high, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through the work, and I will triumph in the works of your hand. In other words, he was saying, listen, God, you're it. <laughs> you're the only one. You're the only one that we can trust and bring forth everything that we need. Well, you would think that was enough. Well, no. Huh. So, God said, listen. I've got to tell you what's going to take place in the future. I've got to give you a word. So, God brings forth his prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the major and minor prophets. And they point to a soon-coming king to bring God's salvation. God said, listen, I am prophesying through these men that my son is going to come to bring salvation to, to everyone. But, you see, people want everything to be done yesterday. Overnight, right this very moment, 
God is saying, listen, the situation and times have got to be right for me to send salvation unto you. Because God wants his people always to to return to him. And we end up in Malachi. Yeah. You know where Malachi is? Well, that's the last uh, book of the Old Testament. And let me read something from Malachi and to see God's heart in all of this. Why is Jesus coming back? I thought everything was solved. When he came the first time. That's the question we're dealing with. We need to see and understand. Malachi chapter 3. Behold. I send my messenger. And he will prepare the way before me. Sounds like John the Baptist doesn't it. And the Lord whom you seek. Will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant. In whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So God is saying, listen, I see the problem, and it's not going to be solved until my creation has been purified and refined by fire. Why is Jesus coming back? Hmm. Let's go on down to verse 6. In Malachi 3, for I am the Lord, I do not change. God's never changed. He's always wanted the same thing, a relationship with mankind. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? You see, God has a way that we are to return to him. Because, you see, he knows what's important in our life. He's known that all these years he could see what mankind was dealing with and what mankind wanted most of all in their life. And he said, now listen, if you're going to return to me, you got to do one thing. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Uh, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but I say, what you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. Try me. Put God to the test, says the Lord of hosts, for I will not open for I will if, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that will not be room enough to receive it all. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Oh glory. 
God's saying, listen, I see what's important to you, and that's money. That's what's controlling you. Isn't that what's controlling the people's day's lives? Yeah. Well, it's through welfare, or well, it's through, you know, a job, or well, it's trying to get investments. Money. Money. Money is the root of all evil, the scripture says. So God said, if you're going to return to me, then you need to give up that money. <laughs> you need to place me before money. Well, that's kind of hard for some people. But I did that when I first became a, a pastor. I did that when I had making $12,000 a year and had four kids. And I couldn't afford it. But I can, you cannot afford not to give tithes and offerings unto the Lord. Because God sees where your heart is. Is it in money or is it in him? Chapter 4 of Malachi. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up says the Lord of hosts, then that will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Hallelujah. Jesus is returning. Jesus is coming back. Why is he coming back? Well, we've seen here in the Old Testament that God has desired to have a personal relationship with him. To have us to follow him. And we'll see next time out of the New Testament what Jesus came to initiate so that he will come back and this will be set up forever and ever upon the face of the earth. Let me pray for you. I pray that this has been helpful. It's been helpful to me because I want to know that God is most important in my life. Let's pray. Father, today we come and to acknowledge that we need you more than ever. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're going to see your return, Jesus. We're going to see you in all your glory, and we are just believing by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to have a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father, for that deep desire that you'll do anything to have us in that relationship with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Queima a impureza do meu ser Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver